When you think of Jesus and his sacrifice, what comes to mind? Pastor Ray Bentley gives us his perspective today. When I think of Jesus on the cross, I don't just see some poor man being taken advantage of. I see the Lamb of God laying his life down. I see strength. I see the wisdom of God. I see love. I see a broken heart. I see a shepherd. I see my Savior. I feel worship when I think of Jesus. Spread news. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. It's a defining question that tells a lot about a person and how they're wired spiritually. Who is Jesus? Savior, Lord, Son of God, or just a moral teacher, a man of history? Today, Pastor Ray points out that question was even raised in the New Testament. We'll glean some insights from the biblical account. All right, Luke chapter nine. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter nine, beginning in verse 18. This is called the confession. Peter's confession of Jesus as the Christ or as the Messiah. So we read in verse 18, and it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him. And he asked them saying, who do the crowds say that I am? And so they answered and they said, well, some say John the Baptist. And then maybe another disciple said, but some say that you're Elijah. And others say that you are one of the old prophets who has risen again. And then Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, the Messiah of God of the Christ of God. So here we have this great test. This, this is kind of graduation. How many would, if you're, if you're gonna have to have a test, <laughs> how many of you would A, like to have the test only have one question, and then B, how would you like to have been given the answer to the one question even before you take the test? Okay, that's what we have here. This is postgraduate. This, this is PhD level stuff. Jesus has taken this group of disciples and he has shown them, walked with them, loved them, taught them, mentored them, discipled them, and commissioned them. They themselves have gone out, laid hands upon the sick and seen them healed and miracles have happened and demons have been cast out. And they themselves have preached the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and return to the Lord. And they have seen the multitudes responding. And so now the Lord has, has prepared them. He told them who he was in a variety of different ways, in a variety of different occasions, in teachings, in parables, in clear language, uh, in forgiving of sins, that he is the Messiah. But he begins with this one question. He goes, who do the crowds say that I am? He wants to make a distinction between the opinion of the world and the opinion of those who are his genuine followers. 
So when they give the answers, they give kind of the world's opinion of Jesus. And I want you to compare 2,000 years ago, the opinions of the world then with the opinions 2,000 years later today. What do people think of Jesus today? Well, the first answer they basically gave is that he is a prophet. Maybe he is uh, like John the Baptist. Well, everybody, all the Jews said that John the Baptist was a prophet or Elijah. Elijah is another prophet. Or some say that you are one of the old prophets who has risen again. If you would have gone up and, and in particular asked the average Jewish person 2,000 years ago what they thought of Jesus, they would have said, he is amazing. He is amazing. We have never seen one like him. Surely he is a prophet of God. I think there would have been virtually unanimous opinion, even among his critics and those who opposed him, that he was a prophet. They mostly thought of him as possessing a prophet's character. But they had not the slightest idea that he was, in fact, the Messiah. Prophet, yes. They had been told that a prophet would come. Moses had predicted that a prophet would come. So they were looking for a prophet. Their best guess that was that he was a prophet. And I will add this, in saying that Jesus was a prophet, they were right. He was a prophet. He is a prophet. He is the living word of God. But he is more. And they kind of hint at there being something unique and supernatural about Jesus when they say he is either John the Baptist or he is Elijah or one of the other prophets who has risen again. That idea that, that he was not only a present, current, living prophet, but someone who had come before and had died and now would be raised uh, showed that there was something supernatural and unique and dynamic about Jesus of Nazareth. In fact, I, I can imagine if you would have gathered a group of, of, of Jewish people around, especially those who had witnessed his teachings or miracles, they did not really see nor understand the depth of who this prophet was. He was the greatest of the prophets. He was in fact the Messiah, and he was revealing to them the very Jehovah that they worshiped, but in a way that they had not yet known or understood. There are others who saw a priestly character about Jesus. Uh, he, in his life, in his daily habit and routine, Notice again here in verse 18, and it, it happened as he was alone praying. Jesus was a priest. He was a representative of God to us, but he was also a representative of what we are to be in our walk with God. He was a shepherd to the people, loving them, feeding them, teaching them, nourishing them with his words which were like bread. It nourished their souls and their hearts and their minds and their spirits. And yet how divine and heavenly this priest was. There has never been a priest like Jesus. He is called our high priest. And as our high priest, Jesus is preoccupied right now with, guess what? Talking to his father in intercession for whom? You and me. All the time, right now, the preoccupation of the Messiah, the Son of God who is risen and alive and in his resurrected body, seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, he is constantly in the ear of the Father on behalf especially of you and I who are still here upon the earth. 
even more than for the saints who are already there in heaven and who have gone on before us. He is focused upon the will of his Father and the bringing of the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of God on the earth. And that's through the living saints who are here. He prays for us. He loves us. He intercedes for us. He is a high priest. He is our high priest. And so there were some that saw him as a priest in one way or another. But there were others who saw him surely as a moral teacher. He is a prophet, yes, but he is a great rabbi. He is a great moral teacher. Perhaps this is the most prevalent theory, is that Jesus was a good man and teaching how we should live and how we should behave and how we should live in a certain morality that is pleasing to God. A good man, the best of men, and a great moral teacher. Now, ironically, if you would ask the average guy on the street today, who do you say that Jesus is? And if they do not know the Lord, probably not a lot would say, oh, he was a prophet or that he was a priest. But by and large, you probably have family and friends even that would say, oh yeah, well, Jesus was the, I mean, he was a great teacher, a good man, and showing us how to love people and forgive people and all of that. There are millions of people who hold this view today. But of all that we have shared, yes, he was a prophet, and yes, he is a high priest, but merely a moral teacher, Jesus did not leave that option open to us. Now, this is a famous quote from C.S. Lewis. If you have not heard this, then you need to hear it. He, he wrote about those who say, well, I don't necessarily believe Jesus is God or the only way to heaven, but surely he was a good man, they might say. Here's what C.S. Lewis wrote about that. He said, I am trying to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. Quote, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I do not accept his claim to be God. C.S. Lewis goes on to say, that is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for, uh, for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. Why? Because Jesus said he was God. And if he is not God, which a lot of people rub at, well then, he's either a liar, or then you say, well, I, you know, if you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and it probably would be difficult to come to the conclusion that Jesus was a liar or intentionally lying, so, well, but if he said he was God and he really wasn't and he's not crazy, well, then, uh, or that, that he's not a liar, then he must be crazy. Would you agree that somebody that thinks they're God, that isn't God, something's wrong with them? In fact, there, there are crazy people, then one of the manifestations of craziness is people think that they are God. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray has meant to them. Pastor Ray is greatly missed, 
He was an anointed man of God, and we take comfort in our Lord and Savior as Ray is rejoicing in heaven with Jesus and all the heavenly hosts singing glory to God. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. After asking these questions about the crowd and what the people say, then in verse 20, Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? Now he wants to know the disciples whom he has loved and taught and trained and discipled. And immediately Peter, and here's, here's one of those moments where I love Peter. Peter was spontaneous. Peter spoke from emotionally. There's probably some of you here tonight that, that you just react and you respond emotionally and you get very excited and you get very high and you have high highs and you have low lows. You know what? Praise the Lord for all different kinds of personalities. Some of you are more like, I don't want to just speak and blurt out everything because then I look like a fool and so you concentrate on holding everything back and holding it in. And you're very good at it and you're very controlled. And you let other people blurt and then maybe look foolish and you come up with something wise later on. Well, that's great. But you know what? All of those are just different personalities. And God loves them all because that's just being human being. Peter was who he was and I love who Peter was. I just love his spontaneity. I love the freedom. And Jesus, you know, had told them who he was. All the disciples knew who he was and who he claimed to be. And so Peter says, well, why wait? You know, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. We know who you are. He stated the obvious as it was to Peter. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. I love that. I love that freshness. And immediately after that, now we don't have that here in Luke, but Jesus in another gospel says, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven has revealed it to you. Did you know that, that this kind of supernatural knowledge comes not by being smart, not by being intellectual, not by being academic? It comes as a gift, and that gift of insight is called revelation. And this is what's exciting. If you are here tonight, and when you think of Jesus, your immediate thought is, yeah, you know, he's the Messiah, he's the Savior, he is the Son of God then guess what? You didn't figure that out. That was revealed to you. That is a divine revelation. God just for what you found favor with God and he gave you that insight. He gave you that ability to see it. He gave you the faith. He gave you everything. And that ought to humble you to say, why me, Lord? How come I know? How can I see? And how many other people that don't see? But I do see. And it ought to be a very humbling experience. Are you humbled by that? You know. You don't have to be the you know, biggest, greatest Bible scholar, academic, intellectual kind of person. You say, you know, I don't even know how I know, I just know. I heard the story and I believed and I see. When I think of Jesus on the cross, I don't just see some poor man being taken advantage of, I see the Lamb of God laying his life down. I see strength, I see the wisdom of God, I see love, I see a broken heart, I see a shepherd, I see my savior. I feel worship when I think of Jesus. 
And when I think of his resurrection from the dead and the nails and the holes in his hands and the wounds that are there and in his resurrected body, I love and worship the Lamb of God. That is a revelation that God has given to you. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my Father who is in heaven. Isn't that great if you know that? And I wonder, you know, again, knowing Peter just a little bit with his personality, if, you know, as they're walking away, Peter didn't go, did you guys hear that? Guys, if you need any inside information, come to Peter. Because I have, I have apparently some insight. Flesh and blood doesn't always reveal things to me, but the Father in heaven has revealed this to me. I don't know if he did that or not, but you know, it, it, a little while later, when Peter was, you know, Jesus is saying, now I'm gonna go to the cross. This was after, and a little, little while later, not long after. Peter comes up to Jesus and I wonder if he had that thought again. Well, I know this is a test. What? Messiah die? Messiah be taken advantage of? Hurt? You mean this is not just a parable? You, you really are saying, oh, no, this can't be true. This is not the picture of the Messiah, son of David, strong, bringing the kingdom, bringing justice to the earth, and through Israel, taking all the nations of the earth, bringing the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth and as far as the waters cover the seas? No, Lord, you shall surely not die upon the cross. Thinking that again, maybe Jesus would say, wow, Peter, you passed the test again. But this time, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Satan, get thee behind me. Whoops. He was caught. He blew it. This time, Peter spoke of his own thoughts, of his own head, of his own ideas. And not realizing it, which is kind of an... Scary thing, Peter, obviously, who was a believer as well as a disciple, but was used when he spoke from the flesh, a seed planted by the devil himself to discourage Jesus from going to the cross. And then to be rebuked by Jesus. Get thee behind me. And I'm sure Jesus looked at Peter, but he was talking to the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. For surely for this purpose was I born. I'm going to the cross. It will happen. So we have to, you know, we can never walk in pride. <laughs> Even when God reveals something to us, we have to walk in humility, amen? Total humility. Whatever you see, whatever you know, whatever is revealed is by amazing grace. Let it always be humbling to you that you have divine revelation that has been given to you. Now, verses 21 and 22. So Peter answered and said, you are the Christ of God. Verse 21. And he strictly warned and commanded them, don't tell a word of this. Don't tell a soul, at least not now. Why at this time, why at this moment did Jesus say so strictly and so sternly warning them, commanding them, tell this to no one, saying, and here he goes on to say, verse 22, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Because to have announced at this time and to go blaring and declaring everywhere Jesus is the Messiah to these multitudes of people who already believe he's a prophet, who already have seen his priestly character, who have already been healed no doubt untold multitudes have been personally healed, 
delivered from demons, forgiven of sins. Uh, there's a movement of people among them. Do you know what would have happened if they had gone around at that moment? It was possible at that moment for Jesus to start a movement of people demanding Jesus is the Messiah. And they would have gathered and they would have marched with him to Jerusalem and demanded and waited for the manifestation of his power and the coming of his glory and of his kingdom. But it would have been a political movement with their own individual unique ideas of what that kingdom would look like. If you do know who the Messiah is, then now you're ready. And in this one verse, I want to look at verse 22. In this one simple little verse, Jesus takes the entire Old Testament prophecies and puts all of them together in one verse. I cannot begin to tell you how, you know, if you've read from Genesis to Malachi, the verses of the Messiah are scattered like diamonds and jewels and rubies and sapphires, but they're sprinkled throughout the scriptures. It's like the pieces also of a puzzle that are not together. There were two pictures of the Messiah that were quite frankly confusing. It would have been virtually impossible to figure out how all the pieces came together unless uh, you know, until actually the Messiah came. And the one that humanity would certainly want first, oh man, give us the political, you know, ruler or king that gives us prosperity and peace first. And then the dark, you know, sayings of, of suffering, man, let that come later on, whatever that means. No, in God's economy and in a sinful and fallen broken world, the suffering servant of the Lord, the shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep and who grabs the lion, and kills him must come first and then even die, laying down his life for the sheep and then supernaturally be resurrected and then come secondly and finally to bring the political monarch, kingdom, power, glory, smashing the worldly powers and establishing the kingdom of God. So that's exactly what we have now. The first coming of the Messiah, the Lamb of God. The second coming that we are very close to and anticipating, he's coming like a lion. And, and we are near that time, the, the lion is coming. The kingdom of God is coming, it's on its way, all the signs are there, and there's not a thing the world can do about it. I'm telling you, God is in charge. God is on the throne. Listen to me, the economy right now, that's God's economy. The leaders who are in their places around the world, they're all put there by God. When the Antichrist comes, it's God's Antichrist. He's gonna use him and abuse him and then throw him into the lake of fire. Everything that is happening, God is in charge. God is on the throne and we are to watch in tremendous humility and we are, the, we are the ones to prepare the way. And the message is the same that John the Baptist gave and the same that Jesus gave 2,000 years ago. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and prepare your hearts for the king. Pastor Ray Bentley pointing out the reality that the Lord's return could come at any time. Good insight to help us be ready. Glad you've tuned in today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Who Do You Say I Am? If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com.
There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge. And also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.